You are listening to Revolver Podcast. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering. It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Blazin, a brand new podcast dedicated to all things cannabis. I'm your host, Bobby Black, former senior editor and columnist for High Times Magazine and former host of Contact High on Sirius XM Radio. Each week here on Blazin, I'll be welcoming on a different special guest who I'll be speaking with on a variety of topics, from movies and music to politics to culture, lifestyle, basically anything and everything of interest to people who enjoy cannabis. Now, I'm a man of many passions, uh, one of the greatest of which is cannabis, of course. But as anyone who knows me will tell you, one of my greatest passions is rock and roll and heavy metal. So I thought it would be appropriate for my very first show to have on a rock and roll musician. Of all the different types of music and types of rock and roll, I'd have to say my absolute favorite is a genre called stoner rock. I covered it in high times for many years. It was a much maligned and misunderstood uh, label for a type of music that basically just meant hard driving rock with a psychedelic groovy edge to it. I've interviewed and covered many different stoner rock acts over the years, but there's a band I discovered about a decade ago that quickly became one of my all-time favorites. They sort of take that stoner rock, uh, psychedelic groove, heavy rock vibe, and mix it with a touch of reggae, which is uh, pretty unusual and uh, pretty amazing when you get to uh, hear it live. The band's name is Lion Eyes, and frontman Nathan Bergman is my first guest here on Blazin. What's up, Nate? Hey, Bobby. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just uh, hanging out in uh, Washington, D.C. Cool, man. Yeah, you guys are from the uh, D.C., Maryland area, correct? 
Yeah, we grew up in Silver Spring, which is kind of like a city suburb that connects to D.C. So we're, we're you know, we're a D.C. band, I guess, for, for better or for worse. Cool. I, you know, I've been a big fan of you guys for years now. Um, even when I was back at High Times, I've written about you guys a couple of times. I've come to see you so many times. And uh, I, I just constantly want to keep putting the word out on you guys because uh, I just think you're one of the best up-and-coming rock bands out there. Um, just such a unique, unique sound. Uh, tell me a little about what your guys' influences were and what drove you to create the kind of music that you create. Well, I think the, at the cornerstone of our sound, you know, we grew up listening to Sabbath and Zeppelin and Deep Purple and, the, and of course, the Beatles and the Who. So I, I think uh, at the cornerstone of what we love, it's classic rock. Um, and then I think there's a lot of um, influences kind of post-Sabbath with uh, Dio and Rainbow and, and even some Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. And then at the same time, I think we also kind of fell in love with Steel Pulse and Bob Marley and reggae and, and realized that there's this kind of, um, there's this really weird connection when you're a, uh, a fan of the Bad Brains. They kind of built the bridge between thrash metal and funk and reggae. And I think that's where we kind of fell in love with the idea of that sound. Yeah, and it's it's a unique combination. Uh, not many people have tried it and and pulled it off and and made it work well. And you guys are at the pinnacle of that, I think. You know, I, I come from the same school as you. You know, I grew up classic rock, heavy metal. Um, I didn't get into uh, listening to any reggae until I was much older. But um, you guys have all the elements of my favorite type of music, which is not just like a heaviness, you know, or but also a groove and also a soulfulness and also a psychedelic element. So you kind of combine all these things that I that I that I love into one sound. And, and uh, it, like I said, I think it's just a, it's a pretty unique sound. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. I I think there's a lot of bands that that have predecessors of ours. I, I think like the Police kind of delved into reggae and punk and pop. And I think um, even Rush in the 80s kind of delved into some reggae groove stuff. And then there's the Bad Brains. And, and uh, you know, I really don't think, though, I think there is such a strong connection between dub reggae and, you know, I think there's a lot of people who listen to Bob Marley who also listen to Led Zeppelin. I don't think there's a coincidence there. You know, I think there's a real bridge between that kind of groove so we just try to explore that as, as much as possible and you guys started off your career um well first of all i've known you how long have we known each other it's been it's been a bunch of years at this oh, point man. i'm not sure <laughs> i would say at least uh 2006 yeah it was 2007. first lp right for space pope yes yeah, it's been since space pope which was our first full-length record really right and that's that's when i became aware of you guys i know you guys had a couple of the eps before that though right yeah, we put up some EPs, and um, we've been doing it together as a band since we were about eighteen, nineteen, um, and now you know we're all in our in our thirties, so half our lives doing this. Yeah, and when, when you guys first started uh, getting out there and going on tours, you you seem to gravitate towards opening mostly for more reggae inspired acts, right? And it's only been I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like more recently you've started gravitating towards playing with uh, and, and and touring with some of the more rock and heavier aspects? Yeah, well, it's, it's really kind of strange, actually. When we first started out as a band, Steel Pulse was one of the, the first two big bands to ever take us on tour in the same year was actually Steel Pulse took us on an amphitheater tour 
with Steel Pulse and the Whalers, and we were the opening act. Uh, and we were way too young and inexperienced to do it. But the guys in Steel Pulse were just kind of um, enamored by the fact that we wanted to go up and play heavy riffs in front of a reggae crowd and then kind of do some dub stuff in between. Uh, and then that same year, that, that was 2006, 2007, that same year, um, Clutch started taking us out on tour. And we would play, we would open the show more purposefully with dub and reggae and then kind of draw people in with the rock. So we used to kind of make a conscious decision to, to kind of be a little subversive, a little abrasive to the audience. <laughs> and then that, that experience kind of melded us, you know, that melded the sound kind of fusing together, I guess. Cool. And, and as you know, um, and as many of my listeners probably know, Clutch has always been one of my favorite bands. Uh, one of my main beats at High Times was covering the Stoner Rock scene back in the 90s. And, uh, you know, Clutch kind of uh, were a part of that overarching kind of idea of like heavy yet psychedelic music that that would that stoners liked you know so i've been a huge clutch fan for many years and you guys definitely feel like in the same vein and it's probably because you're from the same area you guys know each other so you probably you know influenced in the same way i would imagine well yeah i mean i think right off the bat our friendship with clutch um was sparked by us being so uh into the same types of music you know, we were into jazz and we were into classic rock and we were into reggae and those guys are all into that. And then I think beyond that, you know, they're one of the greatest bands. Uh, I, I don't even think they get the recognition they deserve. They're single-handedly one of the most creative and prolific, uh, talented rock bands on the planet. And we, we kind of worship, you know, not kind of, I mean, <laughs> we worship those guys. We worship Clutch. I mean, they're they're a perfect example of everything that's great about rock and roll that was great in the 60s and 70s, and they exemplify every one of those aspects today. Yeah, I, I would agree, absolutely. And you you guys definitely are taking, uh, you know, following in their footsteps, uh, so to speak, and uh, seeing you guys play with Clutch, it clicks and it just feels right. Like, even though you guys have your own unique style with the mixture of dub and, and, and whatever else... Um, uh, obviously, you have a very different uh, vocal style than than Neil does. You know, you you have a much more soulful, almost uh, R and B kind of uh, old school R and B kind of vocal, which is one of the things that uh, my wife April and I have always loved about you guys. But you also have um, a lot of the similar kind of grooviness, and uh, you guys are very compatible. And it's great if anybody hasn't seen either either Lion Eyes or Clutch, I suggest you go check both of them out if possible, or individually also. They're they're fantastic. Fantastic. I also wanted to ask you. Uh, obviously, this is uh, the show is called Blazing with Bobby Black. Everybody knows I'm from High Times, um, so obviously, weed is a, is a prevalent theme in uh, in my life and in my career. And uh, I usually it comes up when I speak to people, and uh, I know that f for a fact that weed is plays a bit of a role in your creative process in your lives as well. Tell me a little about how uh, cannabis has influenced your music and, and your life. Well, I guess the first thing I'll say is that I never really thought that you had to be high to be creative or you had to be high to enjoy music or make music, but I can definitely attest to the fact that it definitely improves the quality of, of the experience uh, for me, at least in the, you know, I think it's really kind of ubiquitous when it comes to 
teenagers kind of first experiences with pot listening to you know records listening to music and getting high it kind of you, you kind of rediscover art for the first time i think when you're young and you experience that and i think now as an adult i definitely i use i would say i use weed as a, a, a creative tool to give me a different paradigm and a different a really a different a perspective shift if you will from um what i might normally think or see or feel so when it comes to writing i i think there's really no better way to approach an idea than than getting high and uh letting the letting the channels open up if you will Cool. And, and you, so you, obviously I, again, I experienced sim- similar things as did most people who were, uh, at least rock and roll people who were growing up and you, you get high on, you smoke a joint, you put on a certain album, whether it be a Led Zeppelin album or a Sabbath or whatever, you know, a Doors album. And it just takes you to a different place, takes you to a different level. Do you have any, uh, particular memories or experiences of, of a certain album that you listened to for the first time or maybe the first time you got high or some experience from your, your youth? when you realize that intersection between cannabis and, and music and, and, and consciousness? For, for sure. Uh, there's two very specific things that played a role, and it's, you know, thinking back on it now, it's probably a bit serendipitous, but one of the first times I got high and, and listened to uh, my dad's record collection, he had uh, an album in there. Um, there was uh, Bob Marley's last record, which is Uprising. And the first song on Uprising is called Coming In From The Cold. And uh, I do specifically remember uh, me and my buddy, Adam, after high school, after school one day, and we might have been skipping, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> uh, and, and in fact, I'm, I'm positive we were. We smoked a joint, and we went home, and, and we put on this record. And I'll never forget kind of hearing it for the first time, and the record kind of comes in with this weird clav, uh, clav piano and then the drums kind of hit like, plop, plop, plop. Uh, and I just remember being like, this is definitely, I've never heard it like this before. And it kind of moved me uh, internally, you know, it kind of, it kind of touches you in that place in your soul that you don't really know. And I remember feeling really overwhelmingly good and positive and kind of completely in the moment as if time was standing still. And I, you know, I, I still do believe that one of the great equalizers with, with smoking uh, marijuana is that it, it, it allows you to slow down time, kind of be in that moment. Uh, and then the, the second was, you know, the, the first time I ever really sat down I list, and smoked in my room and uh, listened to records on headphones back-to-back was Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, which, albeit as cliche as that sounds, <laughs> that, that's one of the greatest experiences uh, of a young person's life. And I remember feeling really positive and also very hopeless, kind of from that, that, that weird feeling that Pink Floyd gives you. And then immediately after that, I listened to Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, um, <laughs> which was fucking terrifying. You know, there's no way around that. That was, that was also, I remember feeling like music could also be really kind of scary and dangerous. And I think that all, if you put all the, all those three records together, you kind of sum up exactly the kind of music I love to make. Yeah. Well, that that sounds like a fun night to me, <laughs> getting high and listening yeah. to Floyd and Sabbath. I mean, those are two of my I mean, top three. <laughs> Basically, like Zeppelin, Floyd, and Sabbath are probably my top three favorite bands, I would have to say. 
Yeah, and when you take when you break those bands down musically, you have blues and jazz and funk and what would become metal. And you know, I I think that's the beauty of those bands, and that's kind of what I hope that we achieve sometimes as a band too. You know, that eclectic feel. Sure, sure. So you guys have put out uh, four full lengths now, right? Uh, Space Pope and yeah. Glass Machine came out in 2008. Uh, Destruction yeah. Manual in 2011. Uh, yeah. Super Czar and the Vulture in tw- also in 2011. Two uh, albums in one yeah. one year. Huh? Yeah, two albums in one year. You know, we we were writing. We were at a band house, kind of writing at such a prolific pace that we experimented with putting out two records in one year, and we got the most recognition and the most press that year. And then we spent a few more years kind of playing the game of waiting a couple years in between records. And now we're right back into that initial cycle of trying to put out as much music as possible. Well, the last one that you put out was in 2014, Jetpack Soundtrack. And I remember coming to the listening party in L.A. You guys did. Remember uh, me and uh, Danny Danny Danko from High Times? And uh, we went uh, and we, we hung out at the studio. Uh, I forgot the name of the studio, but uh, was it like a lead or something like that? What was it called, the studio where you guys did it? Do you remember? Uh, you know, I don't. It was some rehearsal <laughs> studio. Yeah. Some famous rehearsal studio. It was studio a cool place. Near Hollywood, yeah. Well, what was funny was the party was kind of boring. <laughs> you know, I remember being like, oh, fuck. I, you know, it's very nice that all these people showed up, but it's kind of just like everyone just kind of sipping on wine and being kind of, you know reclusive i guess or introverted and then as soon as you and danny got there and uh, we were smoking we were sipping on out. something else yeah <laughs> yeah we, we, we smoked the whole place out and then all of a sudden it felt like a party and the music was kind of up and people were grooving and that was awesome yeah and then after that we all went for hot dogs at pinks right yes yes <laughs> and ate way too much and, and got like a bit sick to our stomachs if i recall <laughs> but i mean that's like uh, that's rock and roll man I agree, and you know what? I wouldn't trade that in for any paycheck, for any job ever. You could not get me to trade those kind of memories in, you know, because you forget about them, and then all of a sudden we're talking now, and I remember, and it's that's a really beautiful thing. Right on, man. So you guys have uh, headlined the Warp Tour, I think, two years in a row, right? Yes. Who are some of the other artists you've you, we mentioned? Clutch, we mentioned, uh, I think, Steel Pulse. Who are some of the other acts that you've uh, toured with? We toured with Israel Vibration, Streetlight Manifesto, The Bad Brains, Ozo Motley, Charlie Tuna, Pepper, The Dirty Heads, Pacifier, The Sword, Kylesa and Red Fang and The Saviors was another great tour. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys you guys are taking a little break from touring now because you're doing, you're doing recording. You're back in the studio. Um, tell me a little about what, what you guys have been working on lately since, the, since Jetpack. Actually, on the 8th of January... The first of three EPs that we're putting out, uh, we put out called, one's called Alpha. Uh, this first one's called Alpha, and it's completely on our own. Um, we engineered, mixed, mastered it. Every piece of uh, music you hear on this album, we did ourselves. Cool. And so are you, are you guys releasing it through a record company, or you're just doing it solo? We're, we're releasing it on our own imprint. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we, we did Jetpack with Weathermaker with Clutch's label, and we learned a whole lot about recording and how, how to put out your own music. And while I think we will always do stuff with those guys, we wanted to kind of step out on our own and give our fans what, what it seems like they've been asking for a long time, which is more music. So in, the, in 2016, we're going to put out three EPs and one full-length double record. 
Wow. Um, and that's all that's all going to come out this year, yeah. Wow, double record. You're going uh, physical graffiti on us. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually, uh, I have a song for you from that first EP, Alpha, and the song is called Dream Wizards. Cool. And since you guys own it yourself and there's no record company, I can I can play some of it on the podcast and not worried about getting sued. <laughs> you can play the you can you can play the whole song, and you can download it, and there's no legality. There's there's no uh, problems there. All right, let's take a little break and listen to the new track from Lion Eyes, Dream Wizards, from the Alpha EP. Let's check it out. Park Long Drive with a handful of paper 
All right, and we're back, and uh, wow, that was pretty amazing. Uh, that was the uh, new Lionized track called Dream Wizards. How do you guys uh, come up with the I concepts for your songs? Who does most of the lyric writing? Henry, the bass player, Henry Upton, uh, writes the majority of the lyrics, and I write maybe the minority of the lyrics, and we kind of, it's kind of an open process where Hank is writing to suit how I sing and what I sing, and we kind of put our heads together about the topics. And, you know, sometimes Hank might come up with a verse and a pre-chorus, and then I'll say, hey, let's sing this for the chorus. Everyone's very hands-on. There's no real egos involved in it. It's uh, Everyone brings ideas to the table, and we kind of run with them. Cool, and that, and that's one of the things I should mention. If, if anyone out there listening gets a chance to uh, meet these guys, uh, you'll see that that's one of the things I've always liked about you. So... So chill, regular guys down to earth, and uh, no no egos. I've met a lot of musicians and bands, as I'm sure you have as well over the years. And uh, you know, some people get a little, you know, <laughs> they're a little little prima donna or a little, you know, get a little full of themselves. But you guys are always so chill. And uh, I can't even tell you, uh, listeners out there, how many times I've uh, blazed up with these guys backstage at their shows and uh, out back behind the place and all that stuff. They're always down for a, a good session. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that we've met, we've toured with, we've been fortunate to tour with a lot of really cool bands. But I think too, in this, in the age of the internet, you have bands that get very big very quickly because of the internet, and they haven't really been humbled by like sleeping in a van for three months on tour, and they don't know what it really means to be a working class musician and not just a poster boy for a band. Yeah, um, you know, and anyone can put on skinny jeans and. uh you know, <laughs> claim that they play metal. And and I think there's a lot of that out there where everything is bullshit. It's kind of like they worked really hard at looking like a band before they ever figured out their instruments and how to play like one. And I think our band in particular, we spent a long time paying the dues and, and you know, we're still not rich and famous. So there's there's really no ego here. It's just we love to play music and we're a working class band. And that shows, and it always shows with the people that have that same credo that you do. Paying your dues is great, and I know that you guys would probably keep playing music even if you never became rich and super famous, but I hope that you do find uh, the, the success and rewards that you deserve because uh, so too many super talented bands and musicians don't get the level of recognition that they deserve while there's a lot of people who, like you say, aren't necessarily as talented or aren't uh, as committed to the lifestyle and to the music, you know, and they, they become famous and, and big because they got a hit song or because they got a million views or something of that kind, you know? Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, at the end of the day, too, I don't think we were ever seeking fortune or fame. I think what we're seeking to do is create great art. And if we can get recognized and pay our mortgages doing that, then that's really the reward at the end of the day. I don't think we're a band that will ever be a band that's on the Billboard Top 10. But I, you know, I do think that more and more people every year we do this come to understand that that we're here to to do it for real and we're not just a fad or we're not following a trend, you know, because it's it's actually incredibly unpopular what we do. <laughs> We never, ever worry about what is cool or uncool. We're simply just trying to be the best band on the planet or second best next to Clutch. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Well, uh, tell all the listeners where they can uh, hear and see more of you guys online and uh, where, where they might be able to see you uh, perform. We 
are lion eyes and we are 100% plugged in through the back of our uh, cerebral cortex into the internet directly <laughs> at lioneyesmusic.com, uh, Instagram Lion Eyes Music, Facebook Lion Eyes Music, Twitter Lion Eyes Music. Yeah, we just want to rock and roll and we hope you guys do too. Great, and uh, I can't wait to hear more uh, of the new music that you guys are working on. And, uh, you know, one of these days, we've talked about it, but one of these days I've got to get down there and get in the studio with you guys while you're recording. I think that would be a blast. I think you should come down when we go to do the next uh, EP and just hang out for a weekend. It sounds good to me, so uh, just let me know when that is. And uh, do you guys have any plans to do any any live performing in the near, uh, near future, or are you going to just be hound, yeah, hounding it in the studio? It's- Tour, tour dates in February in the U.S. We're going to do some select dates. Uh, Philadelphia, Boston, Chicago, Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, uh, that whole that whole region, uh, maybe about seven or eight dates. And then um, March, we're back in the studio. In April, May, we are going over to uh, England to, do, to perform at Desert Fest, which is the U.K.'s premier stoner rock festival. Um, and then we're going to tour around UK and Europe, uh, and over into Greece in the, uh, in the new year. So, wow. Awesome. Greece is a cool place. Yeah. We've never been, but we're ready to, uh, ready to rock in the Parthenon for sure. <laughs> right, right on, man. Rock the, rocking in the ancient world. Cool. Yeah, you have to, that's the heaviest cause it's all, you know, everything's stone. <laughs> right on man cool well uh nate thanks uh so much for taking time to uh talk to us today and uh please give my best to all the guys in the band uh tell them i'm looking forward to uh seeing and, and hearing more from them again in the near future cheers bobby good luck with everything all right thanks man take it easy talk in. bye bye all right well that's going to be it for the first edition of blazing Thanks to all of you for tuning in and toking up with me. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Bobby Black, on Facebook and Instagram at Bobby Black 420 For info, updates, and photos about the show, go to Facebook.com slash BB. Be sure to like us and leave some feedback. And please join me again next week when my guest will be America's most notorious pot smuggler, Robert Platshorn. Until next time, this is Bobby Black saying, Blaze on, brothers and sisters. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com.
and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot, home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering.